Welcome, fanatics. This is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm your Cypher Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on their accounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and wherever else. Uh, if you have a question or want to pitch something or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. And joining us for this week's chapter is uh, one of the Martins from Dumbcraft. Uh, and in this case, we have, is it Martin or Martin? Martin. Martin. Martin yeah. Windholm, who plays guitar in the band. Exactly. So thank Hi, you guys. for taking the time out of your day. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. As of this recording, Dumbcraft's new album, Seeds, is uh, on the eve of release. But I think by the time this comes out, it will be out. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to listen to it, uh, re-listen to it this morning, and uh, it is a a heavy, heavy, heavy album, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how everyone else enjoys it. the The first and so far only time that I've seen Donecraft was uh, what seems like forever ago at uh, St. Vitus in Brooklyn at Magnetic Eyes Day of Doom, a uh, little. Uh, festival, uh, I guess you would call it. Um, but I, I was basically unfamiliar with you up until that set, and uh, it rocked. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was um, an amazing night, actually. You know, bandmates, and we, we were all label mates. We knew each other, some of us uh, at least. And and Saint Vitus is, um, yeah, a terrific venue too. And you know, good weather. Everything was was cool. Yeah, that day, and and um, yeah, we really enjoyed playing there and, and uh, meeting up with people like you and others. I I remember that we, uh, I have a very fond memory of going out after the show, and we went to yeah. a bar that I think was like called the Laundromat Bar because it literally is the yeah. laundromat, and then there's a bar behind it that's full of like video games and right. people drinking and whatnot. And yeah. we, we got to share a few pints together. And that was yeah. fun. That was good times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to those good times coming back. Um, yeah. Very much different from nowadays, I'm afraid. So we don't get that much of, of uh, hanging out in bars right now in Sweden. Anyhow, I don't know what it's like in... in uh... Are you broadcasting from Brooklyn, New York or... I, right now, I'm, I'm broadcasting out of New Jersey. Eventually, New Jersey. it'll it'll turn yeah. to to Brooklyn. So for and, all you, and I suppose you, you have restrictions where you are new now too, or yeah, of course we have restrictions, but it's been going. I think a little bit better than it was before. Um, more people are you know going out now and and being able to go do things. There's actually yeah. a big outdoor concert at one of the parks in New York. Um, this, you know, uh, this past weekend around April 25th time, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, I, I saw mean, some clips from that actually looked amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a hardcore show. Yeah. Uh, Mad, Mad Ball and uh, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Were you there? I was not there. No, I, um, I, I am, uh, <laughs> as uh, I was saying before, unfortunately, just being plagued with allergies and oh. post-vaccination and stuff like that. So it was a uh, a quiet weekend for me. 
but yeah, I mean, up, uh, obviously there's a story before all that, you know, comes together. So like, what, uh, did you grow up with, a a musical background or was it something that you found on your own? I, I, I did actually, my, my, uh, family are all, uh, very skilled musicians, but not uh, into playing guitar and rock music and things like that. So mm -hmm. I grew up listening to classical music and, and jazz and stuff like that. But I moved a lot around a lot as a kid. And um, as a teenager, we lived in a small town in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And this is a long while ago. So the internet was not up and running as today so there was not that much to do actually uh, you could do sports or you could join a punk rock band and, and go skateboarding and i choose skateboarding and punk rock so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's more or less what happened and, and i had some some uh, relatives uh who played music too and i was really fond of them and looked up to them and, and i bought my first guitar electric one when i was like 13 or something so uh, I, I can't even remember not dreaming of, of playing a huge stage. <laughs> and yeah. that, that was with me since I was a small kid. So, mm -hmm. uh, And then uh, when I was around 15 or 16 or something, uh, I just met up with people doing, as I said, skateboarding, listening to the Ramones and, and uh, hardcore and stuff like that. So I just joined and uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Hardcore punk rock seems it's it's like the 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 root like there's always um, I talked to so many people and you watch so many interviews um, of people that play in doom metal and doom adjacent bands that you know they credit so much to like the punk rock sound and 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 what and it's and it's interesting because I don't think that a lot of people would like look at you know doom metal and say ah punk rock duh you know. Well, it's very much about the movement too. It's not just the music. It was, you know, the feeling that you did not know what to do and what's the point with things and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. suddenly you meet up with people who have just the same questions and, and uh, are bored with stuff too. And uh, you were so welcome in that too. Yeah, it, it was an easy entry. You just mm -hmm. tag along and, and uh, you you were welcome. And <laughs> Uh, I think that's still the case, actually. If, if you if you go to see a, a punk rock show, it's like a big family. It's always like that. People talking to each other, very helpful uh, mm. and like that. Actually, it's like that with doom metal, I think, too. Uh, it's it's a really welcoming culture around it. Uh, it's, it's amazing to be out touring uh, and meeting up with people. Just talking about music, you know, standing in the merch stand and talking to people about, yeah, you know, music, but also life and and stuff. It, it's a really cool thing with the doom metal genre. People coming from many different backgrounds and meeting up in this. It's, it's a cool thing. I, I, I've definitely really grown to appreciate that aspect of it so much um that it's been like a nice warm welcoming family and then did when did you find uh yourself leaning towards like heavier stuff like was it metal or were you drawn to more like like the sort of like classical heavy rock bands you know that kind of per you know I'd that exist like in the 70s and whatnot mm -hmm. I, I i mean I, I entered this listening to to uh, to punk rock and i learned to play guitar listening to punk rock at first 
because it was easy and fun and I think we had our first gig like six months after starting a band, which you can if you play punk rock. Uh, but almost immediately, I started to listening to, to many other kinds of music too. Uh, I was very much into, uh, you know, Black Sabbath and, and uh, things like that. Uh, and this was around the time when, when grunge came and Nirvana and the Melvins and, and Cosmic Psychos uh, and stuff like that entered so I just it blew me away completely and I did not at the time think of that as anything different uh, it was just music to me actually we, we did mm. not talk that much about it and you know coming from um, a small town the cool thing there is that uh, it's very forgiving I mean you can you can hang out with friends and you have one guy listening to only hardcore and and, and someone's listening to to Sonic Youth or, or My Bloody Valentine, and nobody cared. We listened to lots of kinds of music, and I think that changed my thing, my way of thinking about music. Actually, uh, it's very much like that for everyone in the band. Actually, the other Martin and Anders too. They grew up in small towns too. They were more into heavy metal than than I am, uh, or were actually. Uh, but it was the same thing not that many people to hang out with so anyone interested in some sort of music that was something else something different uh, was okay uh, and i think the vibe from that is very very um, active still and you can see that in the doom metal genre people playing doom listening to doom have been listening to hardcore punk rock um, and other things I mean, progressive rock and 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 uh, heavy heavier stuff and black metal too. Yeah, and it, and it's not to say that like there hasn't been a metal scene in Europe. Like Europe has a huge yeah. metal scene. Like it's gargantuan. Like when you were listening to stuff like Nirvana and, and the Melvins, like coming over from the states, it probably you know was coming out when like death metal and extreme metal was yeah. probably a much the much more and black metal were like the bigger genres in Europe. So like it, it, I imagine it took some time for that sort of like heavy rock doom psych, whatever you want to call it kind of uh, scene to develop in Europe kind of as it did here, you know? Yeah. It, it took a while and it, it was a small genre. I mean, I mean, there's very much a typical Swedish sound, you know, that like entombed and stuff that was, um, mm. uh, was number one at, at, at the time, but I, I was very fond of the slow things. I remember listening to the Melvins for the first time, uh, and it was such a cool thing with the slow riffs and, and the different take on playing heavy and angry music. I, I was, uh, yeah, as I said, completely blown away, and I've been listening to this kind of music since then, among other stuff. I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff, of course, but uh, we played like garage rock for a long time too. Uh, mm -hmm. In the bands that I joined later on, I moved to Gothenburg, which is one of the larger cities in, in, in Sweden, uh, after a while, uh, and met up with Martin and Anders. We've been playing uh, together for a really long time now. Uh, and, and we played like alternative rock garage uh, for many years. And we tricked around and fooled around with heavier stuff, but we never recorded anything. So we started doing that only like 10 years ago or something. We just said we have to do something about this. We've been doing it for so long. We've been listening to heavy music for so long. 
we've been going to you know the Roadburn Festival in Europe, which is an amazing place to go to just meet up with people and listen to music that you've never heard before. So eight or ten years ago, I don't remember exactly when, <laughs> we mm -hmm. decided to just name this. We have to name it. And we named it Domecraft and started recording. And uh, we released our first EP by ourselves on our own label, which was, uh, yeah, fantastic. The response was amazing. So it started up there. <laughs> Road burdens on my bucket list. You, know, you have like, to go. Uh, you just yeah, have to go. <laughs> I, I know that's what uh, that's what uh, everybody who goes just like it'll you know some people are like it'll change your life, and uh, you know just looking at it and uh, and and what they did this year in, in lieu of no festival was amazing. Yeah, it was it was did it was brilliant. It? I I couldn't follow it the day the weekend of just had other stuff going on. So yeah. the the two days that it was up on their website, I was just like just as soon as one set ended, I would just put on another one. And I had like a list and I asked <laughs> friends who had gone to the festival before to give me recommendations and they told me who to check out. And, um, you know, we, I didn't think it, I was going to be able to go to the 2020 edition. It was a little too short notice, but I was planning on doing it this year. Obviously couldn't do that. So I'm hoping that next year, um, you know, they'll allow me, <laughs> I'll be allowed to fly <laughs> internationally and I can go because yeah. I, I do really want to go. I, I really want to check it out. There's an amazing thing about Roadman, actually, that we, when you buy your ticket uh, and, and you get the, the program and, and you have like 40 bands and, and there's like 35 of them that you never heard before. Ah, not 35, but at least 25. And if you listen to them before you go, it sounds often sounds weird what would mm -hmm. this be i don't know if i like this but when you go home it's a, it's a completely different thing it happens all the time you go there and think ah oh, this will probably not be my thing but when you go home and listen to the music again after uh, post roadburn so to say uh, it's, it changes so it's something about the place and the vibe around it that it's vibrant in a way it's uh it, it'll happen it definitely <laughs> it definitely will happen do you have a, a specific album that you credit to changing your, you know, musical taste and whatnot? I have a lot of albums actually. The first album that that I that I bought on vinyl uh, was actually Metal by Pink Floyd. Uh, ah, love that record. Yeah, and I I grew up with relatives listening to that. Uh, I have a story about that. At one time, my my parents went to. Uh, Norrköping, another city in Stockholm, uh, miss, uh, meeting up with friends of theirs. And they ha had an older son and he was in a band. Uh, and they said to him, can you take care of Martin? Sort of like babysitting because they were having dinner. So we went into his room and he was like 18. He had long hair and he played in a band and he was going out. He did not feel at all like hanging out with me, of course. <laughs> so he had uh, a VCR there in his room. Uh, and he had uh, Pink Floyd live in Pompeii. Do you know the movie? Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, so he just turned it on. I was like 12 or something. It was like six months before I bought my first electric guitar. And he said, you have to watch this twice because he, he needed, <laughs> needed it to take time. And I watched it twice. And I had my younger brother with me. He was like seven or something. And I was, um, yeah, I really liked it in a way. I did not understand then why, but it was amazing, you know. 
the whole thing about it with the smoke and the drums and the guitars. So then you can uh, see I'm all curious. the cameramen. Yeah, it's cool, and you know the cats hanging out with them and stuff. So uh, a few years <laughs> I forgot later, about the I cats. Started buying vinyl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're cool. <laughs> Things you discover when you're twelve. <laughs> uh, so that ended up being like the first vinyl I ever bought. Uh, and it's still, I think, at least one of the records that I get back to and listen to over and over again, all the time. I just love it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I like that record a lot. I, 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 I really kind of did myself a disservice, like, you know, when like Pink Floyd is such a staple band for you to find out, especially in high school. And like, you know, you, everyone kind of gets locked into like that one specific time frame but like that early stuff with sid barrett is just it's crazy yeah. good it's it's amazing really amazing but then i i can't say another album but i remember I, many of my friends were listening to uh, you know hard rock or heavy metal but i as i said earlier on i still remember the day when when i met up with people skateboarding and they started playing other kinds of punk rock. I have heard mm -hmm. of the Ramones before, but all of a sudden they, they played like gangrene and, and, and older stuff like that. And uh, it was a different take on playing angry and heavy music. Uh, and that really changed me too, because I, I understood that I can do this too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and th there were many Swedish bands around then playing um, kinds of punk rock, you know? Uh, I talked earlier, yesterday to a guy about Union Carbide Production, a Swedish band that was uh, amazing at that time. That was more like gruncher, but but um, yeah, progressive and, and, and fast and, and strange in, in any way, every way. So at that time, it felt like you could do anything. It was like a revolution for me, actually. So yeah, amazing. You mentioned Entombed and like, you know, obviously another huge Swedish export would have been the helicopters. So I'm just just assuming you like them, too. <laughs> oh, I do. Of course, the helicopters was a bit later on. But in yeah, Tombed, the first when the first three records came, that was um, that was around you all the time. If you were into to to metal and angry music, everybody was listening to it, of course. Yeah, of course. yeah, and uh, their their uh, frontman just passed away, right? Yeah, he did. Unfortunately, it's such a shame. Yeah. Terrible loss for Swedish music, actually. I can imagine. You know, since we're kind of running with the theme of like of Sweden now, like with the with the bands that have come out of the country, like I, I don't know what it is, but you really seem to nail it. Like you just you get the sounds so well. Like you have obviously yourself. Lowrider, Blues Pills, Monolord, and then some smaller bands. Like I found this other band recently. I was talking about them. I think maybe whatever. If I did, um, I don't care if I'm repeating myself. Uh, this band, Astral. Like it's there's this. Um, yeah, you just really seem to like nail that sound and get it get it right. Yeah, there's something about it that really works out in Sweden. I don't know why. I think it's about a bit of it is actually I think people have been growing up listening to the Swedish sound of metal actually and it's mm -hmm. it, it's um, it's not an evolutionary thing I think but if you've been listening to that uh, and there are young people playing music today who have parents I mean who played that for them when they were young of course 
so there's something about the the thing with heavy music in in Sweden and and uh, yeah Scandinavia uh, that works out really well with with doom metal and and slow slow heavy music. I can't describe why I don't know why actually, but, but that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't I don't really know what it is either, and uh, I I've always kind of tried to figure it out. You know, I think of like Opeth is, you know, like obviously a huge band that, that has come out of Sweden and Meshuga. I think it's kind of a half precision expertise, just like technically very like competent playing, you know, but on the other side of it, it's there's still this there's still this realm of exploration and fun like you and 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 really feeling the music so it's not to the point of like the like the musicianship is so good that it feels that might more like a, a computer is playing it or, or a robot you know where it gets mm -hmm. too technical or it's yeah. like it's too you know it's too loose and too sloppy where it's like yeah you might have to be like on a lot of drugs to think that this sounds like a good jam but it's yeah. kind of like that that middle ground and you know, somehow even a band as technically proficient as Meshuga is still like, wow, when you listen to it. And then, you know, Opeth has gotten a little more like classic rock sounding and kind of away from its death metal sounds and whatnot. And, you know, obviously, you know, yourself, you're uh, you're a very like heavy band but you still have that experimental sound. So that's kind of what I think it is. I think it's like one part of it is that really sincere sincere care for the way the music sounds, but not forgetting like kind of where you are and your element and what you're doing. Yeah. If that makes any sense, it's a lot of words. <laughs> it does, it does. One cool thing about Sweden actually uh, is that we have government funded rehearsal spaces. Uh, yeah, we don't have Swedish that here. <laughs> you don't have that in the US. I mean, we, we talk about that all the time. It's, it's really easy. Uh, to get a rehearsal space in Sweden and just start a band, uh, you can even get get the rent paid if you're not employed. So uh, it, it's it's a cool thing actually. It's it's easy to start a band in Sweden, and and I think that's been it's not all of it, but it's one of the reasons that lots of good music comes from Sweden actually. And it's the same thing about about I think it's almost like that in Norway too actually. Mm -hmm. uh, that it's easy for young people and, and, and people per se to start a band and, and get it to work. Yeah, not the case here in the States. <laughs> not that I've ever been in a band or probably will ever be in a band, but, you know, I talk to enough people that it's, uh, you know, it's a business and, you know, mm -hmm. you have to pay to essentially be part of the business. And that's why it, you know, costs so much to be in a band. You know, yeah. virtually everybody I speak to has like another job, you know, on the side. They kind of do other things here uh, uh, to make ends meet or whatever. And that's just the way it is. We've put far too much money into other aspects of our country than we have into like the arts and education and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm hoping to see that turn around because government sponsored rehearsal spaces would be incredible for so many bands. On the other hand, I think in the U.S. that has shaped music too, in a way. You know, the DIY movement in the U.S. Yes. is very strong. And, and I think that um, shaped 
punk rock in a way, at least, but but many oh, kinds sure. of music too. I suppose so. That's definitely for sure. And I think that's just sort of like, that's sort of the narrative of the States is that there's always going to be those people that are going to be fighting and doing that, you know, the do it yourself kind of thing to be like, you can do this. It takes a lot of work, but you can do this and you should do that because you just have so much more freedom as opposed to, well, now I'm on this major label. I owe you four records and they all have to sell X amount of, you know, dollars and whatnot. So yeah, it's so much that's come out of that, you know, the, the aesthetics and the sound of the recordings of lots of alternative music comes from people making it on their own. So it, it shaped music dramatically. And, and it's interesting to see that when we in Sweden have easier to get access to you know, rehearsal spaces and studios and stuff like that, we still make it sound like a DIY production sometimes. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> it is, you know, and, and maybe you we've seen that change a little bit over the years, like when you have a platform like Bandcamp, which kind of at the end yeah. of the day is like still sort of about the money making aspect of it because um, that's just how we do things in the States. Everything is very like monetarily focused, but, it, but in that it's like, you don't have to have a label, you know, to put out your own music. Now it's, you know, you just have, you have a tool, you pay a fee and you can put it out there and do kind of yeah. whatever you want with it. So um, I can kind of see how maybe they looked at that and said, well, if we can't have government sponsored, you know, rehearsal spaces, or if it's impossible for people to get onto these labels, then maybe we should do this and then we can provide a platform yeah. for bands. And uh, it's probably the best platform I've, that's been developed, at least in, you know, in my, in my scope of vision, you know, cause. Yeah, everybody's talking about that nowadays. Uh, the power of that platform actually. And, and, um, the way that the musicians can just take uh, empowerment over music and not letting labels decide what to release or not. And, and that's really interesting. And I mean, the amazing, uh, amazing technical revolution too. And I mean, only 15 years ago, people were still using four track tape recorders. Now anybody can use GarageBand and record and, and make it sound quite okay. So, and that's cool, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm not dissing technology and I think that this is a very good development, you know, it's, yeah. uh, I just, I just wish that there were, there was more love, you know, from the top, you know, for, uh, <laughs> for the, for the yeah, arts and, and whatnot. Of course, yeah. And I, and I remember also hearing a while back or reading rather that, um, that bands from here that, uh, kind of met that criteria of the, the doom and doom adjacent sounds would just prefer to tour in Europe because it was, the, there was a stronger following. It had a much bigger presence. Like, was that, and obviously, you know, you're from there, so you can speak to touring and whatnot. But I mean, have you guys toured the States? And like, and I don't mean like, you know, you did like a one-off appearance or something like that. Like, have you toured the States? And like, no, what's we it have like? not. We, we, we only played the States twice, actually. It was okay. the St. Vitus gig that you went at, and then we played uh, Psycho Las Vegas a few years ago to yeah that was a one-off thing uh so we haven't actually so we all have kids so we can't tour we can't do longer <laughs> tours we, we usually do two or three stops and then we go home that's yeah yeah do. yeah so, 
Well, uh, from what I understand, I mean, you know, it, I'm sure it'll be much different uh, if you come here. But I, I did hear a lot of interesting things about what it's like for an American band to go over to Europe and tour. Yeah, but it's a really strong genre in Europe, too. Uh, really dedicated fans. They yeah. turn up, you know, we play, we can play in Finland and people come there from Sweden. <laughs> who, wow. who like our music and, and, and uh, people go a long way. Uh, to go to festivals and stuff really committed to the music and the genre and, and meeting up with friends in different cities so it's, it's strong and really cool the european i think the european festival model was definitely uh co-opted over here in the states you know just you know curation and you know, catering to certain fans and, and fan groups and whatnot. So you see that a lot more, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's to the point now where like when there were shows that you could throw five bands on a bill and it's called a festival. You're like what? <laughs> 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 Which is like kind of funny, <laughs> but switching gears a bit to your, you know, to your music now, um, but you have the, your new album seeds coming out on April 30th. Um, was very uh happy to be able to give it a spin um not just uh you know uh earlier in the week but i was listening to it er prior to recording this and uh it it's it is a heavy fucking record man like it's heavier than it's definitely heavier than um the first two where i felt like the first two even though there's still like a lot of riffs into it there it has a little bit more of a psychedelic sound you're throwing a little bit more on those like pedals and and fucking around with it um seeds is like super heavy very riff fueled and uh i noticed when i was listening to it the second time that the the title track seeds which is the the first one and the last track audio audio dome audio drum uh that book on the album they the way they bookend the album, it, they have kind of a similar sound and structure. So it kind yeah. of feels like everything's sort of like coming around, you know, it's all kind of part of the same circle. That's a part of the story of the album, actually. So if, if I can comment the, the, the sound of the, the record first, we, we did sort of a different take this time. We wanted to create something that had a little bit more headroom than before. Mm -hmm. uh, the sound that we've been using in the studio before have been really distorted and, and, and fussed out and 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 the earlier records we like them too of course but this time we wanted it to sound big and feel big uh, and get some separation between like bass and guitar in a way uh, to make it possible to to use effects and play i've been playing a lot with with the delays and reverbs and phasers and stuff like that all the time but now we wanted it to be more transparent in a way so that you can hear what the bass does and what the drums does uh, and, and we entered a new studio we never worked there before welfare sounds in Gothenburg and worked with worked with new people there uh, and yeah I think we we made something a bit different this time which which is a cool thing it's our third full length so you know there's something special about the third <laughs> 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 It's always something happening with every band releasing the third uh, record. So we wanted it to sound a bit different. Uh, but if if you're not into our music or the genre at all, I suppose you'll just think it's the same. But for us, it's really different. And we like it. 
it's strange when you record an album. It's like a year ago we recorded it uh, yeah. last spring. Uh, and things now have done that we haven't played live at all. Uh, so now I can almost listen to the album as another person. It's not fresh in the same way as usually when you when you release, you have uh, gigs booked every weekend. And that's how we've been doing it. Uh, yeah. And you're just playing it. So, But we know that we can't do that. We have some gig gigs uh, in, I think it's in October or something. Uh, but we don't know if, if we will be able to play at all uh, or when. And that's strange. So we spent most of the time uh, writing new stuff. And we actually just came back from, from Welfare uh, recording some other stuff uh, for other releases coming uh, within a year or something. Uh, and that's a cool thing. Now we start to, to rehearse and, and prepare for, for the first gig. Uh, we're doing a streamed concert in a few weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, we don't know exactly how and when yet, but it, it will be arranged by Magnetic Guy and Blue's Funeral, our label. Mm -hmm. uh, and there will be some other bands too. I guess they will call it a festival <laughs> because, it's <like> four, <laughs> because it's like four bands. For, <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. But that will be amazing, of course, just to play and people listening to it again. Looking forward to that. That's one thing I've definitely noticed about some of the streams is that and I don't know if it's just because they don't have an audience and they don't have to be as like hyper focused on that and they can focus on their musicianship. But I, I don't know what it is, but uh, every stream I've watched has been very good. And it's been really cool to see how they've like grown over the year, like over a year. I mean, I remember watching a, like the Toke stream on Facebook and it was yeah. like, they just streamed it on Facebook. There was no professional recording. They were just playing and uh, it wasn't the greatest quality, but it was still cool to see. And, and yeah. it was them. It, 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 it still felt sincere. And then you're here in April, a year later, and you have Roadburn putting together this massive virtual festival, professional recordings with equipment. And it's just like, I mean, there was a ton of innovation over a year that people saw that I think could benefit the entire community for yeah for the long run. But that's pretty wild that you've now released that you now have a record out with new music that you've never played live, and you've gone and recorded new music. Yeah, that's not out anywhere right now. So, like what you said you're like listening to it like another person, like you've never had the live experience. Cause I assume when you play live, you hear things differently and you notice things differently. And you might say, I didn't yeah. really do that. I didn't really do that right, but I like the way it sounded anyway. <laughs> totally different thing. It's also about the process in how we write music actually, because uh, there is a lot of uh, improvisation going on all the time. Our songs are usually constructed around the main riff. Uh, mm -hmm which goes on more or less all the time. And then it's about the vocal parts and, and the melodics and stuff and the solos. Uh, but when we enter the studio, we usually do not, don't know exactly how long the songs will be and how they will sound because we improvise all the time. Overdubbing and, 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 and the second tracking for me is painful <laughs> because <laughs> it, it, it's improvised. Uh, yeah. And usually it's like that when, once it's recorded and mixed and released, 
then we know this is what the song is like. But that's why it's so important for us to go out and play it immediately. Uh, because usually we've never played it exactly the way it is on the album before, uh, mm. when it's recorded. So um, it's actually very much like that, as you said. We're listening to the music as if it was for the first time now. Because we started doing other things immediately uh, when it was recorded, you know, preparing for, for the stuff that we uh, made in the studio now. Now, this has nothing to do with it, but when you formed the band, was it intentional that it was going to be two dudes named Martin and two and both of their last names start with W? <laughs> <laughs> when I met him the first time in Gothenburg ages ago, we actually said that as a joke. We should start a band. <laughs> and then we did. <laughs> that's funny we, we didn't know each other uh, we, we had had uh, one of the drummers in, in one of my bands had been playing with him before so mm -hmm. we just met up in a party and said yeah we should start a band and we started joking about that and then we did which was a, <laughs> a funny thing and how did uh, Anders come into the loop uh, who was a friend actually a friend of my brother's who was uh, uh, sharing apartments with me and uh, he was just around. He was playing in other bands, you know. We met met up in, in venues, listening to music together. We've been hanging out since then. So I, he's a really close friend since ages ago. Uh, but we have not been, me and Martin has not been playing with Anders before. It was the first time, mm -hmm. like 10 years ago, when we started out doing like Doomcraft stuff. Uh, and that was uh, a big part of, of the Doomcraft sound too, because me and Martin, been, we've been playing together so long that it's almost like we don't know how we do stuff anymore. If we just yeah. jam in on a riff, all of a sudden we change it a bit, both of us, because I understand what he's going to do. We've been playing together for so long. Mm. Uh, and and we, we started to make music together with Anders and his way of drumming, which is very powerful and technical, but also loose in a way. Um, he could just follow us uh, in the way we progress. Yeah, you know, jamming around stuff. So the drums are really important to the sound of Domecraft too. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. Yeah, I remember yeah. when we were when I was see, watching you live. Just like you're right, it's like very fluid. It's organic, you know. Just like yeah. it, like it's never off. Like everything is right, but everything feels natural. And also tricky for him, of course. I mean. Usually our riffs have like three three notes and we play them for 12 minutes and he's the guy in charge of <laughs> yeah. where we are all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's your backbone. If you don't have the spine, you can't stand up. Uh, what's it been like working with Magnetic Eye? Uh, I mean, they, like I said, they did a great job for Day of Doom and uh, I can tell that they really care about, you know, putting in the effort and making sure everything goes smoothly and they really care about the band. So yeah. like I remember Mike just... Every time a band was on, he was in there with his phone, just like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are amazing guys, actually, uh, at Magnetic. Uh, they are so passionate about the music. And, and uh, it's very much like a family, you know. They take care of us. And, and they really feel strongly about every release. Uh, and they are so committed to the music and, and the musicians, too. So, uh, yeah. They're wonderful guys, actually, and I think they do a very good thing for the genre because they're they're so interested in the music and the scene and the aesthetics. I mean, the the amazing post track things that comes from Blue's Funeral now and, and and stuff like that. It's so fun to be a part of that. 
actually. Yeah, that's uh, they are just pouring out the the quality with all those that this post wax uh, project they're doing. Only the thing that making it possible to release an album with the, the, the art cover that we have on this album, you know, it's 3D footage on everything and 3D glasses included in the vinyl so that you can watch it <laughs> while listening to the music. And uh, it took some hard work for them to, to make that possible, of course, but, but um, it turned out great. And that's just because they are so committed and, and they do everything they can to release exactly the kind of record that uh, the bands want to. That is, I, that is one thing I, I really do enjoy about the band is now did the artist for, was it the same artist for End of Electricity and Flood and a, a new artist for the third one? No, it's the same actually. Bjorn Otteldax oh. is wow. an, an artist and, and a Swedish artist. And, and he's been doing the covers for all, all our um, albums, uh, not the EPs, but the full lengths. And this time, I mean, he's he's completely free. He can do whatever he wants. He's almost like the secret fourth member. Uh, but but he works on his own and, and he, he just he's a very good friend of Martin's and he calls him and says, well, the cover will be sort of like this. <laughs> yeah. And it's always great. And, and this time, uh, I think Martin talked to him a bit about the lyrics and the themes and, and seeds, you know, uh, what he's singing about, of course. And he said immediately that he did not want to draw anything this time. He wanted to do build stuff instead. And we was like, build stuff? What do you mean? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want. And he's really like an outdoors guy uh, spending time uh, in the woods. So he's been collecting bones for years, skulls oh, and wow. bones from different animals. Uh, and everything on the cover is structures built with bones that he's been picking up hiking over the years. Uh, and it built like, you know, this 3D diorama uh, and, and took 3D footage of, the, of it. And of us, too, sitting with, with these animals, or what do you want to call them? So, yeah, he's really an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it again, and it's just like, it's super trippy. It's like a deer skull with horns, and it looks like it's walking. But it's yeah. very, yeah, it's 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 very psych psyche. But there's something special about his things too. It, it doesn't look like metal at all. No. It's something else. I don't know how to describe it actually, but there is something really personal about his artwork. It, it's always been like that, but this one is ex exceptional, I think. I've never seen anything like it before. It's a bit like a 60s vibe around it, I think. I mean, it's something like it's very psychedelic, of course. It's almost like. 80s meets 60s you know what i mean yeah, something like that because like 3d <laughs> was huge in the 80s yeah, yeah. and then and then you take that and you drop it onto something that looks very like whoa this is looks like something pulled out of some kind yeah. of like macabre nonsense from the 60s so yeah it, it's kind of like that Th that was another bjorn thing actually, oh. bjorn actually wanted it to be at first he wanted it to be like um i don't know the word in english like a pop-up Book, do you call it like that? Like a children's yeah, book? Yeah, like when, when you, you, when yes, you open it, yes. it rises like this. Uh, but that was too expensive and tricky to print. Uh, so he just went home and started thinking. And then he called back <laughs> later on and said, ah, I'm, I'm doing a 3D thing <laughs> this time. 
Uh, nice. And we were, we did not understand at all what it, what it was talking about at first. But yeah, it, it always turns out great when he does stuff. So we have full trust in him. Nice. Uh, actually, a band I talked to recently is one of their up upcoming releases is they're working on is going to be a pop-up book and i was like oh wow that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out um i I was just going to say that it's i think something that is cool about your band too is that you don't you i feel like you don't lean too hard into kind of like the the tropes of the genre like you know there's it's not like uh the you know march of the weed wizards and stuff like that you know i feel like you're actually you know writing songs about stuff that you kind of care about and maybe you'll put like a narrative or fictional spin on it or something like that. But there's, you know, there's nothing really that makes me go like, Oh, you know, whatever. They're just kind of another, you know, band singing about weed and wizards and stuff like that. You know, like it's, you get to drop octopus in there and I'm like, you have my attention. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we never actually, decided to be a doom band it just yeah. that's how it turned out actually we decided to play slower and a bit heavier because we wanted to just explore that and see what would come out of it of course but the doom genre was not uh, it i don't know why uh, we've been listening to that kind of music of course a lot but this is just how the music turns out uh, and as we often say in interviews we don't know how to play in another way. This is how mm-hmm. we play. I mean, I couldn't change it and play heavy metal or thrash or something. That I just can't. This yeah. is what I can. So, same thing with Martin and, and Andrew too, I think. And especially at this point, because I feel like now, like on Seeds, like the three of you have really kind of come together. You're really like you're a really tight unit. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And I'm uh, power so trio, much if looking you forward to trying the the material out live too, because we don't know. Oh how. yeah, it's always special, you know, to to play the first three or four sets live uh, with an album because uh, every song that we've ever recorded becomes something new after like four or five gigs. Yeah, and there is something about uh, the sound that shapes in a different way when you play it live. We just released the live uh, album, you know, from the Saint Vitus gig. Yes. You can hear that, that the songs are a bit different, uh, usually a little bit faster and, and tighter in a way, in a way, and parts of it a little bit more aggressive and, and then parts of it slower and almost calmer, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that will be really cool to be able to see how the material works in a live setting. I agree. Have you uh, what have you been listening to lately? Anything that uh, really been jumping out at you? You mean like new releases or, or? Doesn't matter. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I split my time of listening. I mean, cause there are so many bands out now with new releases and there's so many like debuts and every year and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. there's so much music I haven't listened to. So I try to like, you know, divvy up my time and make sure that I'm still, lo- you know, going back and it might not be bands I listen to all the time, but you might find a band that you, you uh you slept on for a while and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i can't believe i haven't been listening to i don't know uh radio moscow before you know like they're <laughs> you know i really haven't i think i checked that i think i really checked them out for the first time this year oh okay yeah i've been listening listening to a lot of the uh, spacey stuff 
uh, for a long time now, actually. It's not, of course, Hawkwind and Pink Floyd and stuff, but there are lots of good Swedish bands, you know, like Goat. Have you heard them before? Yeah, I love that band. uh, Yeah. Great band. I I like that. You know, like trippy and a bit slower music. So uh, I've been into that a lot. And, and, uh, you know, post-punk bands like Loop, if you've heard them, and and, and things like that. Uh, I've been very much into Krautrock, you know, the German kind of... (laughs) crowdier stuff too mm-hmm. um, so very much a bit slowing down the pace uh, in the listening too uh, I don't know why it's something maybe because we don't tour uh, actually you listen to music more alone by yourself at home so I think that changes the way you listen to stuff too I don't know why but uh, and then I think I mean, like Brandt Björk's been doing amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been listening to that uh, recently too. Uh, but yeah, things like that. That's it. That's interesting. You say that. I feel like I've definitely heard that from bands where they say, "Oh, I'll listen to all this at home." But then if I'm like working on an album or working on stuff, I don't really listen to a lot of other music. And when we're touring, it's um, I think it was Dick. It's Dixie Dave from Weed Year was like fucking silence i don't want to hear shit when we're, when we're driving <laughs> a bit like that yeah <laughs> which i thought was really interesting but then it makes sense because you just spent two hours on stage playing insanely loud music exactly but i mean of course i listen to music if you're out doing things or walking or mm-hmm. i oh, very often i listen to things that i old stuff you know like hard-ons or or things like that that i was listening to when when i was young i go back explore stuff again and and uh, yeah like that but as you say late we have been recording a lot uh the past year first seeds and now the new stuff uh and we've been working on uh, an acdc cover oh nice (laughs) which yeah, for a redo album that will be released on Magnetic Eye. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of scary, actually, to do it as a guitar player, to, to, to do an ACDC song. Uh, so I've been listening a lot to them, of course, uh, which was fun. But mainly focusing on our music and writing, recording, mixing the last year. Nice. Well, um, as I said, uh, Seeds will be out April 30th. Uh, it'll be out by the time this podcast drops. So is there anything else you want to plug or promote right now? I just hope that we can go out and tour and meet people again. And, and hope that people will be able to listen to the album, of course. Um, and um, catch the the stream, too. I mean, the stream, the concert. I hope that we will be able to reach out to people. Yeah, so stay tuned for that, and uh, you can what pick up. We can get the album at your Bandcamp or the Magnetic Eye Records Bandcamp. Yes, yes, of course, at Bandcamp. Go in, check out all our albums, but especially the new one, of course. Yeah, you'll get three D glasses with it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day again. This was great. Really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to listening to the album again, and uh, I hope to see you down the road, maybe at Roadburn. We will. Take care, Delo. And that'll do it for this chapter of the diary. (laughs) 